Welcome to Christian Faith Center. We're a church that meets in multiple locations. If you'd like to know more about our church, just head to our website, experiencecfc.com. Thanks for joining us. All right. Hey, how many are glad that you came to church today? We're so excited for the kiddos and you never really know what's going to happen on Kids Christmas Sunday. And I think that's the fun of it. I counted at least 12 children picking their noses and wiping them on their Christmas outfits. So we got that going for us. Uh, but I just love, love, love that our children have the opportunity to lead us in worship to God. Hey, I want you to grab your Bibles with me and I want you to turn to Luke chapter 2. And uh, we're going to dive into the same passage of Scripture that our children started us out in today. And I want to look at the birth of the Lord Jesus. And uh, it's going to be kind of our first Christmas message as we head into this season. We've got a couple of more Sundays, and then we'll have Christmas Eve. And again, that is going to be absolutely amazing. I hope you're inviting your friends and your family members. It's going to be a day to remember. But as we get started today, I want to look at the most significant child that was ever born into this planet. Now listen, I know we all think our child is the most significant child, uh, but I want to talk to you about the Christ child today um, as we celebrate Christmas. Luke chapter 2, giving you all the time I can. When you're there, shout yes. All right, Luke chapter 2, let's read the first seven verses together. And the scriptures read this way, at that time, the Roman emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman empire. This was the first census taken when Quirinius was governor of Syria. All returned to their own ancestral towns to register for this census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. And he took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged, who was now expecting a child. There is so much Maury moment in there, I can't even stand it. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in snugly, uh, or she wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. Would you pray with me? And I want to try to unpack a few thoughts from this text that there is so much happening in. And I'm praying that God speaks to each of us in a fresh way. Lord, we love you so much. We thank you for your word. I pray that it would land on hearts ready to receive and ears ready to hear. I pray that all of our lives, God, would be built through the word of the Lord today. May we be bigger, better, and more like Jesus because of the Bible. And we pray for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, I want to look at the birth of Jesus today. And, you know, a lot of times we'll talk about the birth of Jesus and we kind of glance over it like it's just a normal fact. Yeah, you know, God wrapped himself in flesh and came as a child and was born to us from a virgin. We tell this story like it's a normal story, but can we just pause for a moment and recognize this is anything but normal. This story is, is anything but normal. It's anything but natural. It is so supernatural that the eternal, invisible, all-powerful God of the cosmos wrapped himself in human flesh and made himself a part of our world. 
It's such a powerful, mind-blowing thing to try to wrap our head around. God that we could see. God that we could touch. God that we could experience. God that we could encounter. Let me say it this way. God that we could relate to. And God that could relate to us. This day that Jesus was born, we celebrate it today and have ever since and call it Christmas. But it's really the day that the invisible God became visible. The day that the intangible, all-powerful God became tangible. The God that could not be broken made Himself breakable. Made Himself human-like. Fully God and yet fully man. God who is spirit became personable. And in this moment, we were given the ability to behold the very image of God. God who had been far away. God who had been invisible. God who had been spirit in one moment came to dwell with us. Emmanuel, God with us. Isn't that a powerful thing to recognize? You know, theologically, we call this the incarnation. God incarnate. God becoming flesh. It's such a powerful and central part of the Christian doctrine and Christian beliefs. It's a day in history so significant that we literally measure time by the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. Earthly timeline is literally separated by B.C., A.D., before Christ, and then the year of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is arguably the most important event in human history, the day that God drew near and came to dwell among us. It's unbelievable. And I want to look at this story today, because as we look at a few of these passages that record this moment, I see a few things that maybe are not the traditional things we would look at, but I see a few things from the story of the birth of Jesus that I think will encourage every single one of you, regardless of where you find yourself in life right now. And so I want to give you just a couple of things if you want to write these down. We highly encourage that here. We're a note-taking church. But let me give you just a couple thoughts to think about as we kick off the Christmas season from the very birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. Number one, the birth of Jesus Christ, it was filled with the unexpected. It was filled with the unexpected. Can we just be honest about the Christmas story? I know it seems irreverent sometimes to really take like a a, a good, hard look at the Christmas story. And I know that in hindsight, we understand that prophets of old foretold the birth of Jesus more than just about any other event in human history. But can we just acknowledge that God chose to come to earth not as some reigning, conquering king that cracked open the heavens and made himself known to us in that way, but he came to a poor and unmarried teenage couple, Mary and Joe. Talk about unexpected. Now, I don't know. I mean, if I was God, I probably would have, you know, did that a little different. Like, maybe made sure they were married first. I don't know. Like, maybe made sure there wasn't so much stigma around my birth. Maybe made sure I had a place to actually be born that wasn't a barn. Come on, somebody. I probably would have made that go a little bit different. But for Mary and Joseph, this was not just unexpected, but even the pregnancy itself was unexpected. It's not like Mary knew this from the time she was a little girl. 
Listen to this, Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. The Bible says, this is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph, but before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm not going to ask you to do a show of hands how many of you had a surprise baby in here, right? I have some friends that attend our Boise campus, and they thought they were done. Their, oldest, their, their youngest child was in high school. And they had themselves a surprise baby. Come on, somebody. But this is a whole nother level. I mean, you want to talk about an unplanned, unexpected pregnancy. To be engaged and then become pregnant. Listen, for Mary and Joseph, this wasn't just an unexpected pregnancy, but they were not, this was unexpected timing. Like, I'm sure as a young engaged couple, I'm sure that they had maybe talked about and dreamed about having children. But now, before they were married, this way? Now listen, we give Mary all the credit, and and rightly so. Mary deserves the credit. I mean, she carried the Lord Jesus. And every mom in this place deserves a bunch of credit. Come on, somebody. It's hard on the guys, but it's harder on the ladies, you know. But can we just acknowledge poor Joe in this story for just a second? I mean, I get. I get it's pretty crazy for Mary. But what about Joe? Like, this is a weird deal. I'm a pastor. I've heard a lot of weird, crazy marriage stories. But never once have I heard anybody try to blame it on God. Like, you know it's a crazy story when an angel from heaven has to appear and go, Joe, it's real. She, she's telling the truth, man. Like, this is, this is a God thing. Like everything about this was so unexpected, so crazy, so supernatural. Then not only that, but then they had to travel to a whole nother place to be registered in the census. Now this would have been unexpected as well. There had never been a census done under the current leadership that was in place. This was unexpected. Now Joseph has to travel and he has to take his, well, he didn't have to, but he chose to take his pregnant fiance with him, and she's pretty close to having a baby. Now, any women in the room like to travel long distances when you're pregnant? Absolutely not. Matter of fact, I was remembering just this week for my second child. Now, we waited a little bit too long to go to the hospital when Amanda was in labor. Jabin was almost delivered on the side of I-84, halfway to Meridian. It was almost time. And listen, my wife is the softest, kindest, cutest, bubbliest personality. That woman turned into something I had never seen before, and I have never seen again since. I thought she was going to reach over and choke the life out of me. As I'm trying to speed our way to St. Luke's in Meridian, Idaho, Jabin was born 14 minutes after I put the car in park in the hospital. They wheeled her in, Jabin shot out of there, and the rest is history. It was the craziest thing. And then I thought, wow, what would have happened if I had to get her to Meridian on a stinking donkey? Come on, somebody. Joseph was not having a good day. I promise you that. And neither was Mary. You want to talk about unexpected. Then they get there and they have no place 
to even settle down. Let me ask you a question. Has the unexpected ever happened to you? You ever been hit with an unexpected situation, accident, unexpected report, unexpected diagnosis? You get fired from work, a situation pops up, your doctor comes back with a report you never would have guessed. Your spouse tells you something you never would have thought came out of, would ever come out of their mouth. You know, life is filled with the unexpected. And a lot of times we can read stories like this and we can make it the cute hallmark version, but the reality is, is this entire thing was filled with so many unexpected circumstances that would not have been fun for Mary and Joseph to navigate through together. And yet in all of these things, I need you to see that although they were unexpected to Mary and unexpected to Joseph, they were not unexpected to God. We serve a God that sees the beginning from the end. And nothing has ever occurred to him. Nothing has ever popped into his mind. He is all-knowing. He is all-powerful. He's seen the beginning of your life from the end of your life. And he is actively working in your life for good. Friends, you never have to worry if God sees what you're going through. He sees what you're dealing with. Even the unexpected circumstances in life, God knows exactly what you're dealing with. And let me just declare something to you today. Not only does he see it, not only does he know it, but he's actively working all things together for good in accordance with his plan for your life. Do you believe it? Shout amen. There's so many things that all of these weird circumstances surrounding the birth of Jesus, they actually work to fulfill the prophetic destiny of Christ. Christ could not have fulfilled all the prophetic words about it if all of these things wouldn't have happened so many times. We wrestle with the unexpected. God, I didn't see that coming. God, do you see what I'm going through? Do you see what's happening in my marriage? Do you see what's going on in our nation? Do you see what's happening with my children and our family? God, do you see? Not only does he see, but friends, he is at work in your life. He has gone before you. He has prepared everything for you. Even in the unexpected, God is doing good things. And I've just realized as a follower of Jesus You've got to begin to just expect the unexpected. Our God is a God who does unexpected things in unexpected ways. He's, he's able to show up and work in the midst of all kinds. Listen, we got to expect the unexpected. Just know that unexpected things are going to come, but you can trust our God that he is at work when the challenges and the obstacles and the hard times come your way. God moves in the realm of the unexpected and friends, he will move and is moving on your behalf. He's moving. He's at work. Corey Tenboom, she said, never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. Listen, he can be trusted. And he's working even in the unexpected circumstances of your life. And as I look at the birth of Jesus, I see so many unexpected things. And yet, predictably, our God was working good in every single one of them. The second thought I want you to write down today is this. The birth of Jesus Christ, not only was it filled with the unexpected, but it was filled with the uncomfortable. It was filled with the uncomfortable. You know, God allowed Mary and Joseph to be pulled beyond their comfort zone. Let's just be honest. 
We, we, we sort of memorialize it now. Oh, Jesus had to be born. We even call it a manger instead of what it is. It's a trough. A manger is a pretty word for the feeding trough for animals, right? This was a barn. This was a place where the animals would have stayed in a lodging. Doesn't necessarily mean it was just a little shed somewhere in a field. Could have been a lodging place. Usually they would have a barn underneath, like we have garages underneath. You know, they'd park the horses and the animals and maybe build something up over the top of it. But perhaps it could have just been a standalone barn. Regardless, it was inadequate. Come on, somebody. Nobody wants to have a baby next to a sheep. Nobody wants to have a baby next to a goat or a camel or any other animal for that matter. You know, it was, it was uncomfortable for Mary. And yet God in His sovereignty not only allowed this scenario, but chose this scenario for the Son of God to come into our world. And can I just be honest with you? The birth of Jesus, the incarnation of God, God coming in the flesh, it makes me very uncomfortable. Because I don't like to think about a God that cried for his mom. I don't like to think about a God that breastfed. Come on, somebody. I don't like to think about a God that needed to be wrapped in swaddling clothes so that it could be unswaddled when it dropped a little load in his diaper. That's not a Jesus that's very comfortable for me to wrap my mind around. Can we just be honest today? When we think of the Lord, the last thing we want to think of is the humanity of God. And yet the humanity of Jesus is so important to the doctrine of the incarnation because He's not a God that does not understand what you are going through. He's a God that has felt what you feel. He's a God that has experienced what you've experienced. He's a God that has endured and gone through the things that you've gone through. He knows what it's like to need His mom. He knows what it's like to be a part of a family. He knows what it's like to hurt and to be betrayed. He knows what it's like to have a human relationship and experience. The New Testament calls Jesus our sympathetic high priest. In other words, He knows what it's like to be you. He has experienced the humanity of earth and endured it, overcame it, and embraced the uncomfortable. Let me go a little deeper. Not only did God become uncomfortable, He made Himself able to experience discomfort. This is certainly something God would not have been able to do in heaven. In heaven, everything moves and ebbs to the very voice and breath of God. Everything He wills comes to pass. Everything He desires All of the atmosphere and the angels of heaven immediately respond to the will of God to do His bidding in heaven and on earth. I would submit to you that I don't think there's ever been a day that God was uncomfortable until He was born that day in the manger. He subjected Himself to a lower experience than the high and lofty place that He deserves. He made Himself able to experience the pains of this life, the uncomfortable things of this life. And this is interesting because I'm certain He didn't love it. Let's be honest, we don't like discomfort either. We're Americans. We hate uncomfortable. Our cars have heated steering wheels now. Can we just be real today? 
We don't like anything that's uncomfortable. If the shoes aren't great, we get new ones. If the bed's not amazing, we buy a new one. If they don't have a bed that fits us just perfect, we'll buy a sleep number. I'm number 17 and a half. You know, it's the perfect, you know, whatever. And it's, we'll do whatever to be perfectly comfortable. I don't like to be uncomfortable. Can we just be honest? Nobody likes to be uncomfortable. I don't like to be uncomfortable. I was duck hunting the week of Thanksgiving. And some of my buddies were giving me a hard time because I wanted to bring hand warmers with me. Put a little heat in those gloves. Come on, somebody. My trigger finger works better when it's warm. And if you're animal sensitive, don't worry. We didn't shoot any anyway. But then he gave me a hard time and then pulled out a whole box of them from his backpack. He don't like to be uncomfortable either. We're Americans. We don't like to be uncomfortable. We like our world to be comfortable. We want everything to be comfortable. And yet in a strange way, friends, I've realized that God loves and even seems to value discomfort. Let me ask you a question. What's one of the most uncomfortable parts of your life right now? Just think about it. Maybe it's your marriage. Maybe it's your children. Maybe it's your job. Maybe it's your ability to look into the future and you're struggling to see the hope in the future that you once did and it's uncomfortable for you. Maybe it's not your external circumstances. Maybe it's just internally you're wrestling with things. Maybe you're not even 100% sure why you're uncomfortable and unsatisfied, but you are. And I, I want to encourage you today because as followers of Jesus, and I want you to get this in your heart, we are able we are well able to endure the uncomfortable. You're able to. God, by His power at work in your life, is enabling you to un- endure the uncomfortable times of your life. You know, I think of Joseph, his fiance, having a baby. The government forcing you to relocate right before she's due to give birth. And while you're headed there, bringing her with, you can't even find a place to stay. You know, I've just realized that God's will so oftentimes will take me out of my comfort zone. As I follow Jesus, I've realized that Jesus will almost immediately take you out of what you are comfortable in, and he will bring you into the place of the uncomfortable. I've realized that there is no development, there is no growth where there is only comfort. I've realized that my faith only grows and my destiny only comes to pass if I'm willing to follow the Lord out of the place of comfort and I'm willing to follow Him into a place that is uncomfortable. Jesus' life began in poverty and discomfort. And see, we must endure and embrace discomfort if we are going to embrace our destiny in God. I need you to understand that if there's an area of your life that you are uncomfortable in, there is development happening there. God is not just allowing you to go through a trial in your marriage or a trial in your work or a trial in your family. No, God is using all things for good in your life. He is developing your life. Your faith will be stronger. Your future will be greater. Your character will be bigger. Your relationship will be greater. Your family's going to be stronger on the other side of what you are going through. God's not leading you somewhere to leave you somewhere. He's leading you somewhere to bring about His destiny for your life. Friends, before you ever lived one day, God saw your beginning from your end. He's ordained a great future for your life. On the other side of your discomfort is a great destiny in God. If you believe it, shout amen. 
God is bringing about your destiny. But friends, it comes to pass in discomfort. And what God is doing in discomfort is oftentimes a mystery. Very rarely in my discomfort am I like, God, I just see your fingerprints all over this miserable season I'm in. Bless God, I'm highly favored. And I'm so thankful that even though I'm miserable, I just see the workings of God in my life. I bet you Mary wasn't whistling a little tune, you know. So excited. Had my baby in a barn. The Lord is good. I'm sure she was quite miserable. Quite disappointed. Maybe even wondering if this was all happening the way it was supposed to happen this is really the Messiah could this really be right should this level of discomfort be here if this is really destiny friends I just want to point something out maybe you haven't thought about in the story that discomfort does not mean that you are outside the will of God it might mean that you are so right smack dab in the will of God you couldn't even wrap your brain around it but I will tell you that on the other side of what you are going through you will see the goodness, the power, and the purpose of God unfold in your life. He is good. And He's so much better than we think He is. You can't always see it, gauge it, taste it, touch it, but I'm telling you, it's happening. God is working all things for good in your life. See, Jesus had to endure obscurity and discomfort in order to attain the name that was high above every other name. He became nameless He became faceless. He became unknown. And He became uncomfortable. He endured all of it. And not just because the Lord is some weirdo that likes to be uncomfortable. He did it because He realized on the other side of discomfort, there was a great reward. You know that Hebrews tells us this. It says, we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus. The champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Now catch this. Because of the joy that was awaiting Jesus, he endured the cross, despising its shame. Now he is seated at the place of honor beside God's throne. See, friends, we celebrate Christmas because the Messiah came. We celebrate Christmas because the Christ child was born. And we endure discomforts in this life. The same way that Jesus did by recognizing that discomfort is not a permanent season. It is a time we all navigate through to get to the place that God is calling us to get to. On the other side of your discomfort is destiny. Friends, there is light at the end of the tunnel. And if you're navigating a dark season this Christmas season, I want you to know that it won't be uncomfortable forever. God's going to break loose in your life. Miracles are going to begin to flow. God has not lost sight of you. He sees you. He loves you. He knows you. And He's working good in your life. If you believe it, just put your hands together and thank Him in advance for all the good He's doing. He sees you. He knows you. You can trust Him. If it's crazy and all hell seems to be breaking out in your life, just know God is sovereign and He's working it out for good. I want to end this morning with just an interesting story I heard told by a Jewish rabbi years ago. And he was talking about the discomforts of life. And he used a very interesting um, uh, analogy when he was talking about 
how discomfort is oftentimes necessary to get to another place in life. And he started talking about the lobster. Now, I hadn't really thought much about lobsters up until this point outside of how good they are in fettuccine Alfredo. Come on, somebody. A little bit of butter, some lemon, a little spritz. Those bugs of the sea are pretty delicious. Um, But he talked about the lobster and how as a lobster grows and matures, the lobster actually will become uncomfortable because like a hermit crab, lobsters, the, the shell over their tail does not grow as the lobster ages and matures. Matter of fact, the, 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 the tail will solidify and harden and then the lobster will grow and we will hit a season where he becomes very uncomfortable. And the lobster has a choice. The lobster can remain in his discomfort or the lobster can become quite vulnerable and the lobster can shed off the old shell that its tail is living in. And I watched a video of this. I thought about doing it and I thought this would be so weird on the Christmas, you know, opening our Christmas series. But I mean, these lobsters, they go to work with their long legs and they start pulling this thing off. And it's the weirdest thing. They just slip it off and they're just naked halfway down, you know? It's the weirdest thing. And they throw that shell off and then it takes time for that shell to kind of form. And, and all of a sudden now they have space to grow. Some of you are wondering like, what the heck does this have to do with Christmas? Listen, I need you to understand something. All of us will hit a situation, oftentimes discomfort is, is a great indicator that you are growing in your destiny in God, that you haven't just rested, that the status quo is not good enough, that there's still something in you that wants more, that is believing God. And I came to encourage you today because I think that day, Over 2,000 years ago, Mary and Joseph were very discouraged, thinking that their environment was limiting and and all of the circumstances around them. They were just so uncomfortable and inadequate. And yet in the midst of all of that, God was doing something so miraculous that their names would never be forgotten in all of history. Forever we will talk about the mother of Jesus Christ. Forever we will talk about Joseph. Forever we will remember them because they embraced it and because they stepped into it. And friends, I just need you to understand something. If you're in an uncomfortable spot, perhaps there's something that you need to let go of. And I know it's Christmas. I know there's family tensions and dynamics. And I just want to encourage you today. Maybe there's some unforgiveness. Maybe there's a family brokenness. Maybe there's a phone call that you need to make. Maybe there's a relationship you need to restore. Maybe there's a bitterness you need to let go of. Because listen, God is doing something miraculous in this season. I've been following Jesus long enough to know there's something special about this season where all the eyes of the earth begin to focus on the Christ because we're celebrating Christmas together. God is at work in your life. And I'm telling you, if you want to experience this season the way God intends, there may be some things that you've got to let go of, some disappointments you've got to shed off, some brokenness you've got to let go of. But I'm telling you, as you do that, God's going to bring increase into your life. There is a peace And there is a joy that can only come from the heart of God. And it so often only comes as we let go of the old and we embrace the new. I also want to acknowledge that there's undoubtedly people here that you've never had a a walk with God. Maybe you didn't even know that you could have a relationship with God. And I think a lot of times the the discomfort that we feel, the uncomfortable we're dealing with, 
actually is not a circumstance on the outside. It's not a situation we're dealing with. It's actually an inside thing. It's just something in your soul. You just know something's missing. And no matter what you fill it with, it never seems to be full. No matter what you give it, it never seems to be satisfied. Friends, I want you to know that there's a space in every one of us that no drink can fill, no drug can pacify, no experience can fill it. It is only filled by the love of the God that created you, made you, and called you His own. He loves you. He is for you. And He sees you. And the Scriptures are so clear that all who believe upon Jesus, all who would put their trust in the One who came and was born miraculously by a virgin, who would live a sinless life and yet die a sinner's death on the cross of Calvary, but he would not stay dead. You know, there are over 6,000 world religions. There's only one empty tomb. Only one guy ever claimed to be God and actually got up from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. His name is Jesus Christ. 6,000 world religions. One empty tomb. And the Bible says if you trust in Jesus and believe upon Him, that your sin can be forgiven, that you can be restored into relationship with God and can receive eternal life. Perhaps the greatest gift that many of us will receive this season is not a tangible thing at all that we get under a tree, but it's going to be the gift of eternal life that we receive from God Himself. Jesus loves you, and He proved that to us when He stepped out of perfection in heaven and was born into uncomfortable, unexpected circumstances in earth. And that's the Christmas Genesis. But friends, that's the beginning. But it's complete when the gift of God reaches your life. And I just want to pray for anybody here today, first of all, that maybe you just are carrying something. You just need to let it go. Maybe God's wanting you to grow this season, enlarge this season. Maybe there's unforgiveness, brokenness, hurt, pain, something that you just need to let go of. I'm not going to do anything weird. I'm not going to put you on the spot. But just in this moment, I believe there's a grace that the Lord wants to help you to release some things. Unforgiveness, brokenness. Maybe there's something you just need to let go so you can take on the gifts of God. You can't carry bitterness and blessing simultaneously. And God's inviting you to let go of what is lesser and to fill your hands and your heart with something greater. So Lord, all across this room, I just lift up your people today. I bless them in the name of the Lord. And I pray that we would let go of what is keeping us small. And the Lord, we would step into something greater and wonderful that we would fill our hands with blessing. We'd let go of bitterness. The Lord, maybe you're dropping a word in, one of our, in, in our spirit right now. Maybe there's a phone call we need to make, a family member we need to be restored to so that we can experience this season, Lord, the way you've called us to. I pray blessing. I pray that it would happen now. I just see a great exchange, a grace from heaven happening. Some of you, it's an ex. Some of you, I even, I even think there's someone in the room and it's your child's father. He's not in their life anymore, but you need to, there's some reconciliation God wants to bring. This is the season. There's a grace for it. God wants to take those things and give joy. I believe that with all my heart. And just finally, before we're dismissed today, I believe there's some people here that you need to accept Jesus maybe for the first time. You need to put your faith in Jesus and receive the salvation, the great gift of God that can only come from Him. And if you're here today and maybe at one time you had a vibrant walk with God and now it's not, 
or maybe you've never trusted in Jesus and received salvation. If that's you today and you just say, Pastor Jordan, before I leave today, there's something happening in me and I know that I need to get my life right with God. I need to put my trust in Jesus and receive the gift of salvation as we head into this season. Would you pray for me? I'm going to count to three. On the count of three, I just want you to raise your hand so that I can see it. Just hold it high until I see you. One, two, three. Just raise your hands up all over the room. Many, many hands. Just hold them up high. I see you guys and you 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 and you. So many. Amen. Honey, would you join me on the stage? I just want to, can we all stand to our feet? And as we do, let's put our hands together and just thank God for the work that's happening, that God is working in the lives of these people. The greatest decision you will ever make is to receive the gift of God that comes through Jesus Christ. Hey, we just want to lead you in a prayer. And then Amanda's going to give you some next steps. Just before we do though, we want you to know how much we love all of you. We're so thankful for this season. We can't wait to go through the Christmas season with you. Starting a brand new sermon series next Sunday. It's going to be so powerful. And we just want you to know we're praying the blessing of God on your homes. The peace and joy of God over your homes. I want to pray with all these people that just accepted Jesus. Would you pray with us? And let's just pray a prayer. I'm going to pray it out loud. You guys can pray it with us. But I know that people in this room are going to pray this prayer for the first time. So just say, Lord Jesus, we come to you right now just as we are. We bring you our whole life. And God, we're sorry for all the things that we've done that have separated us from you. We give you our victories and our sin. We lay them all at your feet. Come into my heart, God. Be the Lord of my life. Give me a new heart. Give me a new start. Wash me clean. Lord, I believe in you. I'm going to serve you all my days. I want you to declare something. Because the Bible says, if you trust Jesus and believe upon Him, not you will be saved or you might be saved, but you will be saved. You can take it to the bank that God has come into your life, that He has forgiven your sin, and that He is making all things new in you. And so I want you to say this. Say, I'm now a Christian. Christian. Come on, say it with faith. I'm now a Christian. Christian. Saved by grace. grace. Through faith in Jesus. Jesus. Amen. Amen. Come on, one more time. Put your hands together. Welcome these people to the family of God. I believe it's going to be the best Christmas you've ever had. Absolutely. Yes, welcome to the family. So excited. So proud of all of you. Hey, thank you for joining us today. If you uh, just received Jesus, if this is the first time, hey, we have resources for you at our Next Step booth in the back of the foyer there. We have Bibles. We have a Following Jesus book. We really want to get that stuff in your hands. We have a team of people back there ready to pray for you. So please make a pit stop back there at our Next Step booth before you leave today if you are new um, to this Christian walk. Okay, so we want to we wanna give those resources to you. We can't wait to see you next week for our fulfilled yes. Christmas series. You guys be blessed. God Have bless a great you guys. day. Have Thanks an amazing for joining week. us. We'll see you soon. God bless you.